The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. The story goes like this. There was a girl in Vienna, a young girl in Vienna, Austria, before the war, and a Jewish girl. She went to Beis Yaakov, and she had the most amazing voice. She had like one in a million voice. Had a voice that came along once in a generation like a tremendous voice, and she had a, a certain star quality to her, and she knew how to dance, and she, of course, was the head of all the Beis Yaakov of Vienna's productions, and, you know, whenever they had a skit or a musical or a dance, whatever it was, she was always the front and center star. And her reputation preceded her, not only in the Jewish community, but even some Gayim started hearing about this great talent, and there was a talent scout, a European non-Jewish woman who was a talent scout, and she went to one, she heard about this girl. She's always on the lookout for like new talent to perform in the, in the great opera houses in, in, in Vienna and beyond and sing and dance. They always look for the next, you know, the next superstar. So she went to one of these productions. She saw this girl and she approaches her after the concert and says, I've never seen such celebrity as you. I never saw such talent and such, uh, you know, you have everything. You have the, the appearance and you have the, 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 the dance and the, and the voice and the persona and everything is amazing. And I'm going to make you famous, not just in these Jewish circles. I'm going to bring you and I'm going to make you a superstar. You're going to be the toast of Europe. And in every venue in Berlin and in Moscow and in, uh, in London and in Paris, you're going to be it. Everyone's going to know your name. You're going to be world famous. Your name is going to be on the marquee in big letters and lights. And, you know, we'd like to think that every Beis Yaakov girl would right away say, no, nah, it's not interesting to me. This girl, it was very interesting, too. She, she wanted, not that she necessarily wanted to be misguided, but she she felt this is, she has this talent and she wants to become famous. And maybe she'd make a lot of money and she'll be able to give her, her family some support from that. It sounded like something that she really, really, really wanted to do. And... She says, give me a, a week or two to, to think about it. And the, the agent gave her her business card and, uh, and they, they agreed to revisit it in a few weeks. She comes home. She tells her parents about it. And her parents obviously did not share her excitement. Her parents were very from people. And they, this was like a nightmare for them. They, they liked it when their daughter had talent and was using it in the local Beisiaka production, but this is ridiculous to go to Isha and to be out there and call Panim. This is like the worst that, you know, the worst situation that they could have envisioned. So they said, please, you know, this is not for you. Rethink this. This is not, we as your parents, they were smart enough to say not to refuse it. They wanted to like make it like it was her decision. They took her to the local Rav and the Rav tried to dissuade her, but it was to no effect. And the Rav said, listen, I can't, obviously I'm not having an influence on you, but there's a great Hasidish Rebbe that's about to come into town this week. His name is the Kapishnitzer Rebbe. And his son was one of the G'dayle Adar. He was very close to Aaron Cutler. And he was, uh, you know, on the front, on the dais of G'dayle Yisrael after the war in America. But this Kapitian Zerabba's father was a great leader in Europe. And he was a very big pikeach. And, and he was coming to Vienna to visit. Says, let's go to him and see what he says. So she agreed. This girl agreed. And when the Kapitian Zerabba came to Vienna... As her parents brought her to him, and he heard 
her out. He didn't like say, you know, shake it, it's terrible, you know, cherem. No, he said, I understand what you're saying. I get it. I understand the taiva that you have. You have a voice, you have a, you have a talent that you want to share with the world. I understand that. And I can't physically stop you, obviously, from doing your dream. But I will tell you this. This is a very big decision that you have to make. If you make the decision in the wrong way, then you know what the future is. I don't have to paint that for you. You know exactly what's going to happen. And if you make the right decision, then I will personally guarantee that you will have a son. You will get married to somebody. You will have a son. And this son will be a Gadol Hadar and will illuminate the world. Whatever your the lights that you would have had in a bad way, this person that you have as a son will illuminate the world, will be world famous, but in a positive way, in a terrible way. She thought about that, and now she heard what she liked to hear. It wasn't just you're taking something away from me, but you're giving me something in return. And that she was able to accept. And so she said, okay, I'm going to turn down this offer, but I expect that what you promised me is going to happen. Rebbe says, yeah, I give you my avtacha. Now, this story was written down in a, uh, in a pinkus, in a journal, in a, like a record book that every kehillah in Europe always used to keep their own records and anything of interest, any uh, important events that happened in the community was recorded in, this, in these books. And this event was recorded in the book, but there was no, you know, the names of the people were there, but it never said, like, what happened? Like, you know, you, know, you want to hear the end of the story? Like, did it come true? Did the Rebbe's promise come true or not? So a very big Rav saw this in recent years, and he went and he, he did some research into who these people were. And he figured out, based on a lot of the biographical information that he had to work with, that this woman got married, this girl grew up, she got married, and she had a child. The child went to one of the most famous yeshivas in the world, Rameir Shapiro's yeshiva, Yeshivas Chachmei Lublin. He was a Gain Eilam, Mamish, a brilliant, brilliant man. And he eventually moved to Bnei Brak after the war, and he became the Paisek Hadar. And his name was Shmuel Vosner. Shmuel Vosner was Shevet Levi. We have a whole bookshelf in Yeshiva downstairs, the Shevet Levi. It takes up, then came out a whole, whole, it's much like, I don't know, 15 volumes of, of intricate Shailah on every topic known to Klal Yisrael. He was like the, the Paisik Hadar, him and Rebel Yashiv and Rishlam Zalman. They were all on the same, you know, seat, the, the same row of Gdele Paisik Hadar. And that was the research. That's where his research took him. And this rub went to Shmuel Bosner and asked him, this is how the story goes. Again, I, I don't know if this story is a thousand percent accurate because I, you know, but this is the way I read it. This is the way it's told that they asked Shmuel Bosner, do you know the story? He says, no. He says, I don't know the story. He says, but I will tell you that I remember my mother did have a beautiful voice and she had a certain charisma that was very unique. And also I'll tell you something else that I remember and that is that whenever I was like a little late to wake up for davening or to go to the base medrash in the morning or at night for night seder, whatever it was, my mother would like wake me up, like very, you know, with, with all of her ramachay varmishagidim. And she says, get up and go to yeshiva, go to base medrash. You have no idea what I gave up for you. And because of that decision that she made, she had the Gadol Adar. 
Decisions are very, very important, and they're very, very consequential. And a lot of times we think we have wiggle room with decisions. I can make a bad decision, and I'll be able, even if it's not so good today, but I'll make up for it tomorrow. And that's not a true statement. Like we're trying to prove today from Megillus Rus, the decisions that we make that are good are tremendous. We don't even understand how good they are and how important they are and will determine the future of us and our descendants for all times. And the bad decisions that we make in life are much worse than we can ever fathom also. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire.org.